Section 12 of A Year with the Saints, translated by a member of the Order of Mercy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. 16. True obedience manifests itself in executing gladly and without any repugnance things which are objects of antipathy or contrary to one's interests. Rodriguez. St. Teresa tells of herself that when the prioress ordered her to leave a certain foundation which she had begun by divine command, and for which she had labored much, she instantly left it with perfect willingness, for she judged this to be a proof that she had done all she could, and that nothing more was required of her. But even her confessor would not believe in this resignation, thinking that she must be afflicted at so great a disappointment. In the comment of the venerable sister Maria Crucifixa, it was a rule to receive male visitors veiled. A special direction to the contrary was at one time given to her, which she obeyed readily, though with feelings of extreme repugnance. St. John Birchman's was appointed to serve a high mass at an hour very inconvenient for his studies. He accepted the duty gladly, and served the mass for many months, without a word of complaint, or an attempt to be relieved from the charge. We read of St. Felix the Capuchin that he was always prompt in giving up his own preferences, and especially for actions in themselves virtuous and meritorious which even pious persons find it difficult to abandon, for motives of charity or mortification. But if these acts ceased to be approved by his superiors and directors, they no longer attracted him, and so a simple prohibition was sufficient to make him forsake any austerity or spiritual exercise, not only without repugnance, but with the greatest tranquillity. For example, he had for years gone barefoot with the consent of his superior, but in his old age the cardinal protector, at the request of one of his companions, ordered him to put on sandals again. This he immediately did, without complaint or inquiry as to who had made the suggestion to the cardinal, and without considering how much his reputation would suffer among seculars, who would suppose that he had relaxed in virtue. 17. A truly obedient man does not discriminate between one thing and another, or desire one employment more than another, since his only aim is to execute faithfully whatever may be assigned to him. St. Bernard. St. Jerome wrote that when visiting hermits in the desert, he found one who for eight years had carried a heavy stone on his shoulders twice a day, for a distance of three miles, by order of his superior. Asking him how he could be willing to perform such an act of obedience, he replied that he had always done it with the greatest contentment, as if it had been the loftiest and most important occupation in this world. These, concludes the saint, are the ones who make profit and grow in perfection, for they nourish themselves with the flower of wheat, that is, with doing the will of God, and he testifies that he was himself so moved by the reply he received that from that hour he decided to become a monk. 18. The chief merit of obedience consists not in following the will of a mild, amiable superior who asks rather than commands, but in remaining patiently under the yoke of one who is imperious, rigorous, harsh, ill-humored, and never satisfied. This is a pure fountain of water gushing from the throat of a bronze lion. St. Francis de Sales St. Jane Francis de Chantal used to say that she should feel greater satisfaction in obeying the lowest sister, who would do nothing but vex her and order her about roughly and sharply, than in following the direction of the ablest and most experienced in the order. For, she said, where there is least of the creature, there is most of the creator. St. Athanasius relates of the ancient monks that they sought for harsh and unamiable superiors, who would never be pleased with what they did, and who would reprove them for their good, 
as St. Pacomius did his disciple Theodosius, and the harder and more unattractive the superior was, the more perfect was their obedience. St. Catherine of Bologna desired that her superioress should treat her always unkindly, and impose upon her the hardest tasks. She said that her own experience had proved that obedience in ordinary matters is indeed very useful, but that obedience in things difficult or harshly commanded, in a short time, fills the soul with virtues and unites it to God. 19. If you will not do violence to yourself, and will not be indifferent, as far as your own interests are concerned, as to who is your superior, do not flatter yourself that you will ever become a spiritual man and the faithful observer of your vows. St. John of the Cross St. Francis of Assisi said that among the graces he had received from the Lord was this, that he was as willing to obey a novice who had been in the house but an hour as the most worthy of the seniors. St. Francis Borgia showed the greatest veneration for all superiors, not only while in office, but after they had retired from it. And when St. Ignatius appointed a lay brother to take charge of his health, he yielded the same obedience to him that he would have to the saint himself. 20. Remember that thou hast given thyself to the superior for the love of God, and to obtain the kingdom of heaven, and consequently thou art no more thine own, but his to whom thou hast given thyself. Therefore it is not permitted thee to do anything of thyself, and without his will, since he, not thou, is the master of thy will. As far as St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi was able, she did nothing without seeking the command or permission of the superior or mistress. The venerable Prudenziana Terziaria, a Franciscan nun, said to her confessor just before her death, Father, since I gave myself into your hands by the divine help, I have never so much as uttered a sigh which has not the seal of obedience. I have now but to draw my last breath, which I desire should have the same merit. Give me, then, permission for it. The father, astonished at so strange a request, paused for a moment, and then answered, my daughter, I do not wish you to go yet. She inclined her head and turned to the crucifix. My lord, she said, thou seest I am detained. Do not compel me, for I cannot consent. A little while after, she renewed her request to the father with the same result. But finally, moved with pity, he said, Depart, O blessed soul, to the eternal repose. She said quickly, Bless me, father and after receiving the usual benediction, she turned her eyes upon those around, as if bidding them farewell, clasped and kissed the crucifix, and saying with a smile, I am going. She expired. 21. Beware of paying any attention to the wisdom, skill, or intelligence of a superior. If not, you will exchange divine obedience for human, for you will be led to obey for the sake of the qualities you perceive in him, and not for the sake of God, imperceptibly present in his person. Oh, what great havoc the devil works in the hearts of religious, when he succeeds in making them regard the qualifications of superiors. St. John of the Cross Father Peter Faber never looked at the defects of a superior, but always at his virtues, that he might honor him in truth, and if he met one full of faults and destitute of virtues, he would still strive to honor and obey him faithfully, for the love and fear of God, and for his own perfection. St. John Birchman's saw God in his superiors, and never their own qualities. This caused him to treat them always with great veneration, and he said that he had never the least dislike for any one of them. 22. When the superior orders anything, consider that it is not he that speaks, but God, 
so that the superior is but a trumpet through which the voice of god sounds and this is the true key to obedience and the reason why the perfect obey in everything so promptly and make no difference between one superior and another and submit to the lowest in authority as well as to the highest and to the imperfect as well as to the perfect for they regard not the persons nor the qualities of superiors but god alone who is always the same of equal merit and of equal authority rodriguez st aloysius gonzaga said that he did not remember ever to have disobeyed the slightest order of the superior he even showed as much reverence and submission to the beetle as to the general himself the blessed salomia observed the orders of superiors with as much exactness as if they had been given by god himself for this reason that he regarded them as originating from god and only promulgated by the voice of the superior the venerable mother seraphina sometimes had confessors who possessed but little wisdom yet she obeyed them with the same exactness as she did the others and she often said that when they did not command anything sinful it was always necessary to obey them without seeking a reason for their orders twenty three do you know how it happens that many who have lived long in religion and practiced daily so many acts of obedience have by no means succeeded in acquiring a habit of this virtue because not every time they obey do they do it because such is the will of god which is the formal reason of obedience but they obey now for one cause now for another so that their actions being destitute of mutual similarity cannot unite to form a habit of this virtue rodriguez st mary magdalene de Pazzi never regarded the person who was her superior or who gave her orders whoever she might be but recognized in her the person of god nor did she obey for any other reason than because she believed it to be the will of god she considered whatever was imposed on her as ordered by divine authority and so she obeyed the cook as willingly as the prioress and experienced equal joy and satisfaction in doing so the same is narrated of the monks of egypt who performed promptly without any discussion or objection whatever duty was laid upon them as if the order had come directly from god whose will they were accustomed to recognize in that superior twenty four if you ever are conscious of impulses thoughts and judgments opposed to obedience though apparently good and holy do not admit them on any account but reject them promptly as you would thoughts against chastity or faith st john climacus st john birchman's once had a philosophical thesis to defend on which he was only partly prepared when he was called to join a brother who was going out he felt interiorly a slight repugnance to leaving his work but without giving any outward sign of it he turned his thoughts in another direction when he came home he reflected seriously on the emotion he had felt and for some days recalled it at his particular exam and made it a subject of mature reflection finally by the grace of god he was able to tell his superior that he had obtained a victory over himself and was never again disturbed by any repugnance the venerable maria seraphina had permission from her director who was living in naples to communicate every day but to avoid singularity he advised her to ask permission each time from the ordinary director of capri when he refused it as often happened she submitted though with much grief on one of these occasions as she was hearing mass the lord appeared to her after the consecration and seemed to invite her to go to communion which enkindled in her heart a most vehement desire to do so 
but she would not yield to it as she was persuaded that there might be an illusion in regard to the vision while there could be none as to the command of the confessor twenty five beware of examining and judging the orders of superiors and considering why such a thing was commanded or whether another course would have been better all this belongs not to the subject but to the superior st jerome one very warm summer day st john birchman's went out three or four times having been given by the superior as a companion to several brothers in succession his roommate feeling sorry for his evident suffering advised him to use a little more discretion and prudence for otherwise the intense heat would surely make him ill but he answered with much gentleness brother i must leave prudence to him who gives me the orders i am bound to nothing but obedience when the bishop of capri was going to celebrate mass one morning at the convent of the venerable mother seraphina he sent her word that he did not wish to give communion to the nuns at the usual grating but at the altar and that they must therefore all come into the church the servant of god was then in her cell and without stopping to consider how painful was such a direction on account of the great irregularity it involved she threw herself on her knees before her crucifix and kissed the ground then rising she kissed the lord's feet saying affectionately he was made obedient unto death without further delay she left her cell and went to beg of her sisters to obey the order of the prelate after receiving holy communion they all went into the choir to make their thanksgiving there the mother had an ecstasy in which our lord told her how much he had been pleased with this act of obedience she told her companions of this when they were assembled at the general recreation but when some dwelt on the repugnance they had felt she said for me the lord gave me this morning a great reward for my blind obedience and though the action in itself may not have been good certainly the obedience is good twenty six it is not enough for obedience to do what is commanded it must be done without debate it must be looked upon as the best and most perfect thing possible though it may seem and may even be the contrary st philip neri father alvarez was accustomed to subject himself willingly to obedience in all things for he said that he had noticed that even when it seemed desirable for him to do something contrary to what obedience required yet by obedience he always succeeded best what did our lord do to cure the blind man he anointed his eyes with clay and told him to go and bathe in the pool of silo this blind man might have said that this was a remedy better adapted to take away sight than to restore it and he might have objected to the journey but as he obeyed without cavil he was cured st columbano the abbot having most of his monks sick ordered them all to go to the barn and thrash the grain it seemed a very hard and indiscreet thing to oblige men who were almost too weak to stand to perform such a laborious work and to expose them to the rays of a scorching sun but they all went out to execute the order except a few prudent and cautious ones who thought it safer to remain in bed but what was the result those who blindly obeyed were cured instantly while the others who reasoned about the matter remained sick of the fever for a whole year the blessed virgin appearing to a nun told her that by means of obedience the ends of divine wisdom are accomplished which often by ways sublime and not penetrated by human prudence moves on to the aims it seeks without any hindrance twenty seven whoever wishes to be a good religious must make himself like the ass of the monastery this animal does not choose what burden he has to bear nor go by the road he prefers nor rest when he likes nor do what he wishes but accommodates himself to all that is chosen for him 
he walks he stops he turns he goes back he suffers and labors day and night in all kinds of weather and bears whatever burden is put upon him without saying why or what for it is too much it is too little or the like abbot nesteroni this holy abbot as is told in the lives of the fathers at its very entrance into religion made this beautiful resolution i and the ass are one i will consider myself to be the monastery ass and so he became one of the best religious st john Birchmans considered himself in the same light whatever was commanded him he never refused to do nor excused himself nor gave any sign of discontent or discouragement but accepted all cheerfully and executed it promptly and faithfully and so when the superiors were in perplexity as to assigning some difficult task or finding a companion for a brother who was going out he was always their resort thus it sometimes happened that he had scarcely returned home with one when he was appointed to go out with another and this might occur three or four times in one day and with these companions he would go back and forth in one direction or another stop anywhere and as long as they pleased without objecting or complaining of the loss of time or of not being as well treated as others for his only aim was to obey and serve but st felix the capuchin put on this character most completely of all for he did it not only in his own mind but by an avowal that others might have the same opinion of him and he even valued the title of ass sometimes he was passing through a crowded street with baskets full of bread or wine when he would shout make way for the ass and if any one should ask that he did not see any ass he would answer do you not know that i am the capuchin's ass as he was walking one day in the city he fell down by accident in the mud and not being able to rise he said to his companion do you not see that the ass has fallen why do you not put on the whip and make him rise when any religious called him by his own name he would often answer you are mistaken father my name is brother ass nor was all this a mere matter of words for the superior could employ him at all times and places precisely as if he had been an ass and give him whatever he pleased to do without the risk of a word of excuse or the slightest sign of reluctance twenty eight whoever lives under obedience ought to allow himself to be ruled by providence through his superior like a dead man it is a sign of death not to see not to feel not to answer not to complain not to show any preference but to be moved and carried anywhere at the will of another see how far your obedience falls short of this st ignatius loyola a man of this type was st paul the simple a disciple of st anthony he one day asked his master whether christ was before the prophets upon which the saint commanded him not to speak as he was able to talk nothing but nonsense and for three successive years the disciple observed perpetual silence after that st anthony wishing to try his obedience still further commanded him to do many absurd and useless things such as drawing water from a well and then pouring it out making garments then ripping them to pieces and the like st paul regarded all these things as necessary at least because they were commanded though they might be frivolous and of no account in themselves he performed them therefore cheerfully promptly and with all possible diligence without making the least reflection about them the same spirit was shown by a certain disciple of the abbot martin who having a dry rod in his hand planted it in the ground and bade his disciple to water it until it blossomed the latter did this regularly for three years going daily for water to the nile which was two miles distant 
and he never complained nor was discouraged by seeing that he had labored so long in vain. Finally, the Lord deigned to show how much this labor pleased him, for the rod grew green and blossomed. This anecdote is related by Severus Sulpicius, who says that he had himself seen the tree, which was preserved up to his time as a memorial in the court of the monastery. On the day when St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi received the habit, she prostrated herself humbly and with true feeling at the feet of her mistress, and resigned herself wholly to her will, saying that she gave herself into her hands as if dead, and that hereafter she might do with her whatever she pleased, for she would obey her in everything. She also entreated her not to show her any favor in regard to humiliations and mortifications. She made the same protestations to a second mistress, afterwards appointed to succeed the first, and she did, in fact, live less wholly submissive to their will, obeying them promptly in everything, and allowing herself to be employed by them in whatever they wished, without ever contradicting or giving any sign of disapproval, whatever they might say. In this manner she succeeded so far in despoiling herself of her own will and judgment that she seemed no longer to have any, and they might be called dead in her. 29. The perfection of a religious consists in exact obedience to his rules, and whoever is most faithful in their observance will be, by this fact alone, the most perfect. Rodriguez. St. Vincent de Paul was most exact in the practical observance of all the rules of the congregation, to such a degree that he scrupled to transgress even the smallest, such as that of kneeling on entering or leaving his cell, though in the last years of his life this became very painful to him, on account of a disease which had settled in his limbs. He was also usually the first to be present at the general exercises, particularly meditation. Father Jolie, superior of the congregation of the mission, was most exact himself in the observance of the rules, and inflexible as to others, yielding neither to reasons nor to entreaties, so far as to permit the least want of observance. A superior, having once written to him to ask a certain permission, this was his reply. Our rule is opposed to this, and we ought to be most strongly attached to our rule. This is the best of all reasons. In a discourse to his community, he said one day, we ought to regard as our chief duties the rules and holy practices of the congregation, disregarding, to observe them, all our particular devotions. For example, we should consider it more meritorious not to speak without permission to persons of our acquaintance whom we may meet in the house than to take twenty disciplines of our own will. St. Jane Frances de Chantal had the observance of her rules so much at heart and kept such strict watch over herself that she might not transgress the smallest, even when a superior and much advanced in age, that her practice served as a living and most efficacious rule, to rouse and incite all the others to a most perfect observance. It happened once that she came into recreation from the parlor, much prostrated on account of her great age. Some companions begged her to rest for the short time that remained before the close of recreation. But what shall we do, she answered, smiling, with the rule which requires us to work in recreation? St. Aloysius Gonzaga was never seen to transgress the least rule of the Institute. He was so exact in this that he could not bring himself to give a companion half a sheet of paper, or to receive any little picture that might be offered to him, without first obtaining permission from the superior as the rule prescribed. One night the devil tormented a lay brother in the Dominican monastery at Bologna, with so much cruelty that the noise of blows and struggles aroused the religious. When St. Dominic, who was there, commanded the demon to tell why this was, he answered, 
that it was because the brother had taken something to drink on the previous evening without permission and without asking a blessing as the rules enjoined st gregory relates that an evil spirit entered into a nun and tormented her grievously because she had eaten lettuce without asking a blessing according to the requirement of the rule thirty the predestination of religious is inseparably connected with love for their rule and the careful performance of the duties of their vocation st francis de sales st bonaventure wrote these words in the notebook i have come into religion to live not as others live but to live as all ought to live in the spirit of the institute in full observance of the rule for at my entrance the rules were given to me to read and not the lives of others the rules were then accepted by me voluntarily and as the basis of my life and therefore i ought to observe them all exactly although i should see that no one else observed them st francis de sales gave high praise to a certain general of the carthusians for his great regularity in the observance of his rule for he said he was so exact even in things of the least importance that he did not yield the palm even to the best novices st john birchman's was so devoted to the observance of the rules that during all the time he lived in religion no person ever saw him violate one of them and so when he came to die he asked for the little book of his rules and clasping it in his hands he said with this i die willingly End of section 12